Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them. We think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. Hey, what's up guys? Hey, what's up everybody? How's it going? Welcome to uh, this week's episode of Table Hops. Table Hops Live. Here we are in phase one of reopening. Hooray. Well, we'll leave, we'll leave politics out of this. Um... <laughs> How you doing, bud? You doing all right? I'm doing okay. How about you? Yeah, you know. It's going. It's going. It's going. It's going. Have you had any uh, good beers recently? Um, I had Hip Hop 3 from O'Connor's. Oh, cool. Nice. How was that? Uh, my favorite of the bunch. Oh, nice. Yep. Is it still like a, just a juicy hazy and that's they're just changing it a little bit? Yep. It's it's still probably the best, I, the best to be. Um, I do think that it's... It edges out to pretty significantly, surprisingly. Okay. Yeah, it's eight point three percent. Still, uh, still juicy. They, to to what I can see, I tried to order some today, but they they didn't have it on their website. So, I think they they may have sold out. Ooh, that's intense. I bought their uh, mix pack the other day, um, which has the mm-hmm. volume two in it. Uh, I like the volume one a little bit better, but the volume two is still very good. It's got good vibes in it too, right? Yeah, it has good vibes, which is one of the few sour beers I can deal with. I know you wouldn't call it a sour, but it's a goza. Yep. <laughs> and then it has uh, uh, Tall Boys of Proper Lager and some El Guapo, which is what I am drinking today. So one of my favorites. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. I did I did have a um, something that would surprise you. Okay. Odin's Skull. It's technically not a beer. Is it a mead? Think. It is a meme. Oh, what'd you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Um, so this mead has uh, apple juice, okay, cinnamon, and hops, obviously. Big big fan. Big fan. Um, it is new to the U.S. Um, it hit the U.S., I think, two weeks ago or something like that. Okay. Super good. It's uh, it, Obviously, it's still mead, right? So it's still kind of very sweet flavor to it, but... I think the cinnamon helped help break this one up. Got it. It's so. the sweetness that you don't usually like about meads, right? Right. Gotcha. Exactly. Is that still Dunk Smyad, the same guys who do Vikings Blood? It's the same exact people. Very yep. nice. That I, I've had some other like American meads that are close, like uh, Legacy has some pretty good ones, um, but I feel like none of them get to where this mead company has. It's just so good. Everything I've had by them right. is nuts. So I'll definitely have to keep an eye out for that guy. That's a sweet looking bottle too. Yeah, it's a cool looking bottle. Um, the the thing that kind of offended me mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know why it has two eyes. Odin only has one eye. Oh, and I don't know. I I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, so that was my big my big thing. That in hip hop. Uh, I uh, had Vosterhund's uh, Fooder Haywire Husky the other day, and I wasn't expecting a huge difference. It is a huge difference. Hmm. So uh, a fooder, which I had to look up, spelled F-O-E-D-E-R, is a special wooden fermenter. It's the only difference between it and cast condition apparently is size. It needs to be about three times the size of a regular regulation barrel. Okay. I don't. I didn't see it in Fast Run because there's stuff in the back. But I mean, it would be pretty neat to see a, a, a one in real life because you can find some really intricate ones online. Um, but anyway, they took the... Haywire Husky, the, the coffee lager that they have, which has tons of coffee from the uh, Linhaven Coffee Roasters, and they added um, mocha toasted oak chips to it. And they aged it for five months in the in the fooder, 
and um, it's it's like it comes out much more. It brings out the booze a bit more, but in a smooth way. Like not like sometimes you do that with like a, a uh, like a bourbon oak barrel barrel age or something like that, and it has that like boozy bite. But this is just like sort of a smooth brandy esque layer on top of it. And I was like, Got it. this is delicious. So whatever it does, it definitely worth checking that out. I know they do limited batches, of course, because they probably only have one. But I would definitely hit it up. Yeah, I, they use fooders a lot in sours. So Wicked Weed has, I think, three or four of them. Oh, cool. That they that they use. Yeah, they're so. they're monsters. Look at them pictures of them giant barrels. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, um, there are small ones, you know. Oh yeah, obviously for for smaller batches, but. And you, you said you enjoyed it? Very much so. And I love the Haywire Husky enough, like, as it was. And I'm like, ah, I hope they don't mess this up. But I'm like, nope, you just took it to the next level, like you should have done. So very, mm-hmm. very tasty. Uh, it, it does lower, like, when you drink a, a Haywire Husky, it's like kick-in-the-face coffee flavor. Uh, sure. This one does mellow that coffee out a bit. Gotcha. So it depends what you're looking for. Did you see the, uh, the new release from Anchor? I have not. So Anchor... Um, Anchor Brewing, which is uh, in uh, San Francisco, obviously, yep. they have a local brand that they work with, a clothing brand. Okay. The clothing brand is called San Francisco. Psycho. San oh, Francisco. Cool. I like it. Is there an awkward P in there? <laughs> there is an awkward P in there. Good. That's why, that's why I had, had trouble pronouncing yeah. it. Yeah. They, they do this every year. This is their third year doing it. Kind of an interesting collaboration with a clothing brand i know i can't remember the last time i heard of a beer and a clothing brand getting together yeah that's kind of interesting so it, it's you know it's a summer ipa so nice and tropical flavors supposedly it's going to be on drizzle so okay. um, i'll probably probably get some when i when i see it there but i thought it was kind of interesting that they were collabing with a clothing brand yeah that that is kind of a, a different take i mean but you know with with the uh the hip hop. I mean, you're pop- popping in like some local artists and stuff, but that makes some cool can art. Yeah, I haven't seen a clothing brand and a beer brand mixed together like that. There's a difference between like, you know, having an artist do a can and having like a clothing brand who's like helping you determine the flavor of your beer. You know? Yeah, that is kind of interesting, but cool. Need having all these uh, collaborations, no matter what form they take. Yeah, exactly. You know, the proceeds are going to help their local community, um, a thrift store kind of thing. Okay. Kind of like Good Mojo. So the, the proceeds from that are, are from that beer are going back into the uh, into the thrift store, which is kind of cool. That is that is good stuff to hear. Uh, the only other beer I had that I haven't had in a while is also from O'Connor's because it's got a big batch of their stuff is uh, the Smash IPA. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did not know Smash was an acronym. <laughs> so <laughs> it stands for Single Malt and Single Hop ipa yeah 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 i mean that's that's exactly what it is yep it's it's a one note ipa it's it's super crushable like i had a growler and i or a crowler of it and i didn't even notice i finished it <laughs> like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's dangerous too man mm-hmm. yeah it's like a little over seven percent but it doesn't taste like it yeah it's, it was it was a good time that uh speaking of o'connor's did you see the the news from today bots the yard is coming back oh good i like that one a lot yeah bots the yard is coming back next week on the Ooh, 30th. I'm glad they kept that that can art the same. Is that what they're doing? Because that's the best. It's the same can art. It's the same, uh, supposedly the same recipe from what you know people were asking in the comments if it was the same recipe. It looks to be the same exact beer. So mm-hmm. that should be exciting. I That was one of, one of my hits from last year. Yes. Um, like that one very much. It was so good. You know, Connors has, has kind of been, it feels like no one's slowing down. 
right? Right, right. Like, no one's slowing down their, like, releases and production and stuff, which is cool. And uh, it sucks that these kind of things are being relegated to just, like, pickup releases, but it seems like they're doing just fine. Sure. And and you need to have those because you're not having the events you normally have that bring people in. Right. But if you have a release of these, like, awesome beers that have sold well in the past, just here it comes. So I've seen that, of course, from Benchtop and O'Connor's, Smartmouth to a degree and stuff. Some of the smaller ones, not as much, but I, I just think it's a social media presence as well. Well, I think some of the smaller ones, too, are just kind of, they're kind of, they're struggling just to, like, sell the beer they have, you know? To coast it, right? So they don't have, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That makes and sense. And I, I know, I know, especially, like, Elation, they have a, a stout that they, that they want to release, but they've been pumping the brakes because they want like a big like event behind it, right? Like that's really the only way that Elation is going to be able to make to break even on that beer. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and and so it's not like an IPA where it's like, oh, like we need this like now. They can hold that. They can hold off on that one, right? Right. Exactly. So it could be some of that, right? Where it's like we need to wait until we can have like something. Hopefully, this won't be the summer of just giant stout releases. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think we're gonna have events in the summer, man. Yeah, I know that uh, it's it, that's what it is. Uh, as we will probably discuss in a bit, we do have uh, some virtual, all you know, alternatives. Not as great, of course, as being able to do these events in person, but at least it's something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before we get into that, though, uh, any more beer or, or new games that you've played, or not really? Um, I did a lot of hobbying this weekend. Oh, cool. A lot of like painting and putting stuff together and i did a lot of army building actually nice did a lot of army building of just like list building and like trying to figure out like how i want to do things now i'm sorry when you mean army building do you mean miniature assembly or like creating your list of troops for different games yeah creating creating different lists okay yeah got it. cool neat so just toying with like there's a point limit right how do i get the most out of that point limit sure and have you been doing that uh like playing them out on tabletop simulator or something like that uh so i kind of just build them out you know build them out in excel spreadsheet and then from there i kind of take them and game them out as it were so like i'll take miniatures that are either close to it or fit the niche right right especially in a big army game like obviously there's a lot of reactive stuff but you need to see like okay i know i'm going to be facing these kind of enemies so like what are the roles going to be like and how do they maneuver and how do they interact with each other and it's mostly just you know refining how how the list it's kind of like a magic deck right you can do a lot of like fine-tuning and stuff and like solo playing um to kind of get an idea of how it would work and then you can tune from there but you're not going to get like the full experience to actually play it up against another deck that makes sense it's a lot of hypotheticals so uh, when i i haven't played a lot of uh, miniature games of that scale of course when you're building these type of armies does the terrain have effect on it or is that something that's not is more decorative or how does that work so in the bigger army games right so like in in the in the massive like 100 model army games sure the terrain affects affects it certainly i wouldn't say it's it's a game changer let's let's say that we're playing on like a you know a, a collapsed dock right uh, okay i'm not going to bring a bunch of horses that makes sense because they're not they're not going to give me any advantage sure so so i'll swap them out but like the majority of the games that you play are going to be kind of on a big open grassy field with like a collapsed building or something like that to provide some cover right the majority of the big army games is much more like clash your dudes together and, and see who comes out on top. So you're not going to have like a snow tundra where like some people move better on the snow or something like that. No, no, th there's no like environmental effects. That's I think that's what I was talking about. Yeah. 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 The, the terrain effects like 
cover line of sight that kind of stuff um, but it doesn't affect movement cool good to know i i've always been interested in that stuff but i'm like how much of this is decorative how much of it is functional and obviously you can i mean you can make it whatever oh yeah i've played i played before where that example of playing on a, on a collapsed dock like we played that before and your miniatures couldn't fall in the water they fell in the water they were dead <laughs> like that's just how it was right you know it, it all depends on how it goes the defined rules the you, the players take turns kind of assigning terrain so you'll have like a bunch of terrain that you bring with you or the store will have it or whatever oh okay gotcha and you're setting it up and so you go back and forth setting up terrain and like setting up like because you're you can have terrain that has effects so you cool. can say like like cool. this terrain's dangerous or this terrain could explode Oh, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This dock exactly. can explode at any minute. Well, it might not be a dock. It could be a manhole cover, right? That has a Ooh. bomb underneath of it. Or yeah. a foot soldier like a Ninja Turtles. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine like a foot soldier showing up in like 40K? Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of 40K, I, I I haven't checked it out. I just set it to download. I know the Games with Gold Xbox game is a 40K game. Um Oh, 40K Inquisitor. That's it. No one expects it. So 40K Inquisitor is an action RPG, like, over-the-shoulder view. Oh, third person. Got it. That's kind of how... was Vermin, No, Vermintide was, was, was first person. Vermintide's first person. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't played it. It does look cool. I think I think the problem with some of those Warhammer games is they end up being just, like, overly gory for no reason. I can see that. It's kind of like they're trying to get into the Doom thing, but they're not Doom, you know? Right. Oh, it is called Warhammer. <laughs> Speaking of Warhammer video games, yes, there's been a community outcry, and the developers have listened. Henry Cavill will be a DLC in Total War Warhammer <laughs> Two. <laughs> That's great. So just him, like just in his regular clothes, not Geralt of Rivia. <laughs> uh, so he's he's going to be a high elf prince. Okay, like in real life. <laughs> yeah, like in real life, exactly. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good, right? Um, now, here's the thing. This expansion was com- is coming out this week, right? Okay. They had already developed this whole thing, and then they just remodeled the character and renamed him. That's all you got to do? To be Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what, is, what does Henry Cavill look like? A, a superhero? Oh, okay, we got this already. <laughs> no yeah. need to re- remake this. He does ride on a white wolf. Oh, which gives him a plus 15 bonus against large enemies. Nice. Dude. (laughs) When when I saw that, so kind of separate to this. So there's a new elf faction coming out. Okay. Like to physical Age of Sigmar. It's coming out in supposedly a month. We'll see if that actually happens. It would be interesting to see if, if this model makes it in as like a, you know, like a a special little bonus they have done, which is kind of cool, um, not to get too deep into the Warhammer hole, but they did do a special, uh, Catachan commander for, they're meant for local game stores. Okay. And this model is so, so exclusive. Like it's insanely exclusive for good reason, right? Like it's supposed to, it's meant to help local game stores kind of, this is a promo, you know, let's, let's get it out there. Tell me who this looks like. It looks like a GI Joe. It (laughs) It doesn't look like the commander from Predator. Oh yeah, okay, there you go, man. That that yeah, that is a little while back. There you go, <laughs> right, dude. That guy looks sweet, and especially with like the leaf in the background. Mm-hmm. Like the little ooze happening. Look at there. that. Like, that is that. Yeah, that you're right. Now I see it. <laughs> like it's it's totally a callback. Sure, absolutely, it is. Um, I just th- I thought that was interesting that that was uh that was like the route that they decided to go on. 
that's that's cool. I like it. You need to have those gimmicky little bits to. Yeah, but as you can see here, this model retails for fifty dollars. Okay, and it's going on eBay right now for two hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Get them while they're hot. And it, a lot of local game stores, like Cape Fear especially, has been very open and transparent. Like, look, we're not just going to... Like, we could easily take this and flip it on eBay, right? Right. But we're not going to. That's not their goal. Good. They're doing a really cool thing with the community where, like, you buy Warhammer stuff and you get entered into a raffle to be able to win it. And then they're doing another thing where it's like a uh, spend a dollar raffle ticket type of thing and, it, and the money goes into their the local Wilmington hospital. Fantastic. Which I think is the good way to do it. Absolutely it is. Yeah. You, you, everyone needs that community, like, involvement in this time period. Mm -hmm. It's good to see those those going around. Yeah, it's just crazy that, like, you know, game GW came out with this, this model that, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. where this model is supposed to go right like who knows what they were originally going to use this for and then they just flipped and said oh we're going to use it for a local game store thing and then everyone was like dude that's the predator captain that's the predator <laughs> captain we have to like you everyone has to him. has it yeah <laughs> i i'm not gonna lie i don't play katachan and i want him you want so him. yeah <laughs> yeah that is pretty sweet pretty sweet well uh i have played just just a couple of games uh this this past week one of them was uh, Sonar, uh, which we've discussed before. Yeah. And uh, we played Sonar with uh, my wife's uh, in-laws, or my in-laws, my wife's uh, family. And uh, let me tell you, when you've been locked in with a, uh, a person for a while, and then you sit down to play Sonar with your teammate, it gets a little heated a little quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay go on so uh we were teaching him how to play and like if if these if the operator doesn't do it right um she's you're not following orders of the captain you gotta make sure you put in the right coordinates and i'm like whoa whoa guys this is a this is adult battleship we're playing right here <laughs> uh besides that we had our first rpg night the other week which went awesome and that was my first time playing fate accelerated so i, I like that system a lot it's a little wonky to get into, but once you... It's like riding a bike. It's, it's a lot easier to do than to explain. Sure. Yeah, but we had a lot of fun doing that. Makes sense. Chris, have you been playing Worms? No, I beat Steven enough last week that I didn't really feel the need. <laughs> wow, okay. All right. All right. That's uh, savage, but okay. Uh, that's a, cool. Tis a joke. Tis a joke. The last, nope, the nope. last game mm -mm. we played was mm -mm. very close. Nope. No, that's nope. fine. That's fine. That's fine. I didn't rub it in your face that I kicked your ass in Lords of Waterdeep, well, well, but that's let's, fine. Let's also make nope. this clear that I very rarely win. <laughs> so when I win, I need to milk it. Milk it but for you all own, it's worth. you own Lords of Waterdeep. You've played Lords of Waterdeep multiple times more oh, than I Oh, yeah. But I'm also not good at games. <laughs> Anywho. As we mentioned before, we have a lot of these virtual sort of offerings, you know, for events that aren't able to happen in real life like we would prefer. They have these online options. So we talked briefly about uh, Renegade Con last week, and, and I went on and signed up for a whole bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we, I signed up for some RPG demos and some a uh, couple of game demos on Tabletopia. Their Learn to Play is just their library of videos that they just sort of have on repeat. So I was not really interested. Some of the panels are pretty cool. So sign up for that. And they're doing tournaments and stuff too, which is cool. Yeah, I couldn't find that information on their website though. So maybe I'll have to look again. Oh yeah, I, it's on there. You, you have to sign up for it unless they're already full. Maybe they were already full. So I, the only things I saw there was the uh, demos for the, the four board games they had up there. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw, but Gen Con is canceled. Yes, and uh, they have this Gen Con online. All it says is more news to come, right? Doesn't really... Yeah, there's no real details on it yet. Does have a pretty sweet pixelated dragon, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, well, that, that was just the logo for this year. Oh, okay, well, good. Well, it, it worked out, didn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like most of what makes Gen Con is the is the vendors, right? Sure. Like the vendors are the ones bringing the demo games. They're the ones bringing like they're the ones running the events. Really. Right. It's gonna be interesting to see how that happens. You're right. Like you with know? Renegade, it's all run by them, so it seems simpler. But you're right with Gen Con being such a big what it is. I wonder how they're gonna how make this happen. But right. I mean, I I think it's good that they're having something. Do you, do you think that you'll participate in that, or do you think that you'll kind of just? I'll have to see uh, what they're offering, and and I need to see more before I decide to do it. Same thing with uh, with Renegade Con. I was kind of following a little bit, and then I the more I watch, I'm like, oh, you guys are looks like you got this pretty much under control. So I think I'll mm-hmm. participate and just see how it goes. And they had a vast like I had a variety of offerings that of things I'd be interested in. So I felt like, you know what, I don't even have to get dressed, and it's free. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. The other thing I'm I'm looking to get out of the Renegade thing is I have I'm signed up for like two or three different RPGs, and it would be cool just to see how they digitally and a and a uh, a workshop on digitally implementing RPGs, just so I can get better at doing that stuff online because it it appears to be the new norm is these online RPGs that I'm running and I just want to get better at it. So it's sort of a different animal. I think from what I'd seen on on the BGG post is that they were going to be doing it through um, Tabletopia. So the ones I signed up for was uh, Kids on Bikes, because I've actually never played it. Uh, And then um, this, I forgot what they call it. It's this weird, like, kaleidoscopic RPG. Overlight. Overlight, yeah, that one. And then uh, the Outbreak Undead, which it, which actually isn't related to the Netflix show. It's it's Outbreak Undead, not Outbreak. But I thought it was interesting. So I just uh, signed up for that. I, I wasn't into Altered Carbon just because I've never seen the show. And I feel like it probably has a lot of references to that. That I'm like, uh, probably shouldn't do this. But the other ones look cool. There was a really, really neat one called Finding Alice. It sold out immediately. It's their RPG that's coming out soon and it's a silent rpg so uh you're supposed to use your te- your cell phone and only text which sounds interesting but hmm. i don't know i'll just i'll have to see uh that sounds like the worst playthrough to watch actually now that i see it i don't think i'd want to watch a live show of that <laughs> but it sounds like a really cool concept but yeah i, I just want to check that out uh, the ones that i sign up for as far as i understood are only on discord Okay. I did sign up for Wavelength. Is that what it's called? It's like a spaceship war game. It's like a bag building game. But I signed up for that. That one's on Tabletopia. And then another one about chefs in some way. And it looked anime-esque. And so I'm just like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Why not? Right? (laughs) So those are both on Tabletopia. They both look really fun. Can I tell you about an RPG that I'm excited for? Yes. Escape from Skullcano Island. Holy crap. (laughs) Dude. Wait, how many heads does that gorilla have? The volcano is a shark. <laughs> That's so awesome. King Kong has two heads, right? There's a Mechazilla. Uh-huh. That looks so like 80s TSR D&D-esque. Doesn't it? Module art. Yeah, I love everything I'm seeing. Uh, wait till you see the Cyclops T-Rex. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> the Cyclops T-Rex just gets me every time. Oh my gosh. That is so nuts. Obviously, it's just a small little adventure module and nothing crazy to it. Is it agnostic? Like it's any system? Is it D&D 5th edition? Or? It's meant for 5e. Dude, that yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> I love all the art in it. And supposedly it's going to be like, you know, like a, a little like 12 pager. So nothing like 
terribly crazy. Oh, sure. Uh, they've already hit their goal. Obviously, they've got another couple weeks to go, but I am so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Speaking of old school adventures, um, I've been running two different campaigns, and one of them is the old Salt Gold's of Saltmarsh campaign setting, uh, which was written in like the late 70s. Yeah. And I'm, all, I'm playing that, and then side by side, I'm playing some more modern stuff. Did they rewrite that? Uh, yeah, they rewrote it for 5th edition. So it's a collection of, like, seafaring adventures, and, like, there's eight of them, and five of them are, like, from the old TSR days, like, way old, like, D&D 1E. Right. <laughs> you go in, and my players are used to having some semblance of a story and a basic goal, whereas these uh. are, like, just a giant maze that makes no sense with a ton of monsters in it yeah well that's what D used that's to be. what D used to be so they go through this and and they follow this this hallway that u turns back upon itself three times for no reason and they're like there's a door here and they open it up and there's a giant crossbow that kills them and he's like oh we should check out the room next door instead so we don't die and you open that door and there's a giant crossbow that kills you <laughs> and then you open up one last room and there's 50 enemies for no reason it's been a, a a wild ride, I'll tell you that. I feel I want to say I played that before. It was pretty famous. The there was the uh, uh, dangers at Dunwater was one, and then the uh, secret sinister secret of Saltmarsh was the famous famous one. Maybe that's the one I played. I don't because I don't remember ghosts. It's not ghosts actually, which was kind of a misnomer. I was excited because I thought there'd be ghosts. It turns out it's just smugglers. It's just oh, pirates. Okay, no ghosts. Okay, there's a snake, but that's as close as you get. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's been fun it was a whole like series right yeah so there's uh yeah there's three in the series there's the sinister secret which is the first one dangers at dunwater which is the second one and the final enemy the sahagwan fortress which is the last one uh and i showed my players because i i got to the point where i'm like guys i can't do this for another week we got to just end this now so we did the final boss fight but I showed them the maps, and it's like three huge dungeon maps. And they're like, nah, there's over 75 rooms in this map. <laughs> it's, it's pretty neat just to play the old edition stuff. It's written for 5e, so it, it works mechanically, but it doesn't feel the same. Did that one have merfolk in it? Uh, it has uh, Lakatha, which are like fish dudes. Okay. Similar yeah. to Tritons. It's more slimy, less finny. <laughs> Which is like the only way I can describe it, but yeah. So tiny fins, lots of goo. Well, it's not like uh, they're they're more like uh, mutant, crazy looking sea creatures rather than pretty mermaids and merfolk. Okay, got yeah. it. So more like <laughs> humanoid, ugly fish. Yes, exactly. Very, very. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I was hoping for some more Lovecraftian style stuff because there is some like chain gods and stuff but it it's just beat him up it's a beat him up it's like playing analog version of uh streets of rage <laughs> so i i googled this and uh -huh. geek and sundry posted it so I, I assume it's okay one of the sections in the review is a volume of fully illustrated erotic poetry sweet magic items and powerful weapons are always enjoyed by players we've never seen an argument over who gets to keep a bit of treasure bigger than one for this book from the stash of San Ballet. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. They did find that. They did find the illustrated erotic poetry book. It's in the <laughs> it's in this dirty clerics like bedroom. <laughs> and they, they, they instantly like, yeah, we're keeping this. We'll sell the rest. But this is what we're keeping. <laughs> right. Yeah. This 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 is this is the 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 uh, MacGuffin that I've come for. <laughs> this is it. Uh, the thing yeah. that really freaked me out or like frustrated me is I'm reading 
uh, like dozens of room descriptions from the book over and over and over, right? Because there's so many rooms. And each one starts, I got confused because they're almost cut and pasted. They all start with, this austere room has some open coffers in the southwest corner. And then halfway through, it changes it to Spartan. And, uh, you know, it's like this Spartan room has some coffers in the corner. And my player asks, what does austere mean? I'm like, let me see. Oh, it's a synonym for Spartan. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes through the dumbest stuff. Like it has these huge like readouts of what's in the room. And it tells you specifically this has this room contains 200 iron nails on the floor. And that's it. That's all I get. And then sometimes it says, hmm. this chest is opened up and, and glowing on the inside, oh. but then it doesn't tell you what's inside the chest. It's just, there's nothing. It just, it just that's where the, the description ends. Did, did you did you take some uh, creative liberty and give it your own description? I did. I They asked me, well, he, here's the other thing about this, and, and I warned them, I'm like, guys, I'm running like a real D&D campaign and another one. I'll run this one, but we're going to go on an adventure together where I'm going to read this book live with you. I don't know what's going to happen. Wow. So sometimes I have to, I'm like, I guess it's algae that glows because that's all that's in this chest. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Now let me get back to my erotic poetry. <laughs> right, right. Um, did we talk about this last week? Did we talk about the um, the the new Warhammer RPG that's coming out? Uh, I uh, briefly, but let's do it again. Yeah. So uh, Soulbound, uh, the Age of Sigmar uh, RPG is is coming out. They have released the first kind of free adventure for it. Oh, cool. Um, I've read through it, and I'm going to run it because it is even if you don't understand Warhammer lore. How do I put this? Imagine that you are an infantryman okay. in an army. Okay. Right? You're not super overpowered. You're like a, a, a basic little boy. <laughs> and you're put up against this giant 40-foot troll. Oh, boy. What do you do? Lose, Steven. You lose. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the, the whole like thought behind it is like learning how to become a commander. Okay. Like you're starting as just a basic infantryman who's like fighting down in the in the trenches and then you're learning how to become like a commander in, oh, cool. in the thing. So that's cool. I, I ordered the book, so I'll be playing that and that that does sound fun. So how does the RPG relate to the war game? Is it just like takes the lore and runs it's a different It's just okay. lore. It's just lore. Yeah. Yeah. That's obviously cool. the Warhammer lore in all three worlds now are very deep, right? There's novels, there's you know, fan fiction, the whole nine, right? Sure. Erotic, fully illustrated poetry. Sure. I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> I think that that'll be interesting to, to do. I, I do want to want to do the, the kind of beginning mission kind of with a group that knows Warhammer a little bit, just because I think it'd be easier to kind of DM in that in that scenario. But I think one, once I get the, the rules down, it'll be much easier to just run it for anybody. Cool. Knowing the lore helps when you're trying to solve a puzzle or something. It's like, I know that X plus Y equals Z. I can see that. Sure. Anywho, it, it looks really cool. The um, Cubicle 7, who I, I didn't know, first of all, was a company. Um, okay. <laughs> yep. They've done a bunch, of, a bunch of stuff with Games Workshop. They also, Chris, did the Doctor Who role-playing game. Oh, neat. Very cool. Yeah. They, they, they've done a bunch of stuff. They did the original Lord of the Rings RPG. I don't know if you played that at all. I did not. That Oh, God, that was so much fun. I remember being like 15, 14, something like that. And it came in like a traditional starter box, right? Yeah. With like little cardboard cutouts. And it was actually the, one of the first games I played on uh, squares and not just like on a big open map. Got it. Got it. Super, super fun. Very, very interesting system. This so far looks very simplistic. It's, it is a D6 based system. 
Okay. Not the traditional D20. Is it basic D6s? Are they special in any way? Nope. They're just basic D6s. Got it. Because I have noticed, like, uh, I have played a few games, Fate, Fudge, and uh, some other ones, like even the, the, the Hercules Legendary Journeys RPG used a D6 <laughs> system, but they all have, like, special dice. And I guess it's just because D6s are probably the easiest to customize and get special ones of. Star Trek's the same way. Is it? I'd assume, because, I mean, you can get D6s made pretty easily. It seems like it would be a lot cheaper to make that than, like, a 12-sided die or something like that. Well, I feel like in, like, today's day and age, it's, like, all the same, right? Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't make dice. I I can barely roll them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't roll them. That's the problem. So my my players have been so mad at me because I've been rolling so well because I haven't physically touched dice. I use the dice roller online, and they're like, this is not what we're used to, Chris. We're used to you rolling ones all the time. Right, exactly. That's what you need to do. You just need to roll once. That's it. I'll just have a. I, I should just have a set of dice that are all ones every side. One of our three new emotes are going through approval right now. Oh, very exciting! And that one is Snake Eyes Palauso. That does not surprise me. Though. Yep. So it's it's two two ones on a pair of d sixes. Uh-huh. Uh, so hopefully that'll get. I don't see why it wouldn't get approved, but no. hopefully it'll get approved in the next couple of days, and that'll be available to all our subscribers on on the tier one level. Very cool. I do have another one coming. It features you in oh. in some fashion. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't you worry. I'm more. I'm I'm also working on something for the paint streams i don't know what yet i don't want to do just like a paintbrush you know and they already got the bob ross they're ready to go hmm bob ross is already there he's already know? there unless we did me as bob ross but then that i don't think that like really warrants it doesn't do it justice because it has to pixelate down yeah. right i think you would look too similar to, to, to bob ross wow okay first of all <laughs> hey that he is a handsome man sir let me just Anywho, it. <laughs> um, I, I I do think that we need like a like a hype and a heart like the, yeah. the basic stuff. I'm trying to work through some of that stuff now. So yeah, get get the approval and everything. Do we, we got a cheers? Or is there probably already is a cheers in there? People make their own cheers. You yeah. know, we just we just have to make our own. Yeah, probably I meant like our, two two beers things going dink. Something sure, like that. but yeah. I don't cheers with you. Well, not anymore. We're socially distancing. But in my heart, I'm know, cheersing I didn't, you. I didn't cheers with you, anyways. Oh, that's rude. That's the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> if you guys have any ideas for emotes or any kind of icons we should use, just let us know. Oh, so you may notice that Sir Chickapig has made a return. I do see him. I, I see him poking out. He's like, hello. Sir Chickapig will be uh, on any stream that I am in uh, mm-hmm. for, for the foreseeable future. If for no other reason, then... He's awesome. Well, A, he's awesome, right? But B... I always knew where Chickapig is now because he's right behind Chickapig. Where he should be. Exactly. Exactly. Where he should be. Yes. So um, he's also hiding some other things. Uh, er- illustrated poetry? A secret project of mine. <laughs> oh. As it were. Oh. Yes. Not even Chris knows about it. I don't. Um, I don't. And uh, so we have to we have to keep it keep it safe. Keep it secret. Uh, so, if you want to know what the secret is, look behind the chick pig. I can't. Good luck. I can't see it. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so, what, what's what's coming up this week? So, this show obviously comes out on Friday. Yes. We got our game night the same day on that Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, community game night. Uh, come hang out and chill and enjoy some nice games. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you doing anything for Memorial Day? you doing anything crazy fun? No. Every day is the same, Steve. <laughs> no, uh, I do plan on taking a day this weekend. Maybe it'll be Monday. One day where I do nothing. 
and have no commitments. At home as I have been, I feel like I've always done something every day and I just don't want to have to worry about any deadlines or especially Zoom meetings or anything like that. So that is what I'm looking forward to. You've been filling up your schedule pretty intensely, so. I don't know how I end up being locked up at home and... I know how you do it. You don't say no to anybody. That's true. And I also ask if people want to do something. (laughs) Yep, exactly. You're like, hey, guys, what about X, Y, and Z? I'm free these days. Oh, wait, not anymore. That's a good point. Every every time I talk to you, your your schedule is pushed out for a month. Speaking of pushed out a month, uh, we have another RPG night coming out in 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 a few weeks after, like on the 5th of June. So if you're interested, be sure to hit us up on uh, social media or anything and get you on the list. One last thing, Stephen, before uh, we get into a game here. Did you hear about Untapped's Virtual Beer Festival? Yeah, so um, that was a huge hit last year, their their actual beer fest. Um, right. It was the first time they did it last year in the Carolina Panthers Stadium mm-hmm. um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I heard rumors that they were doing a virtual one. I didn't know that they had actually like announced it, though. Yeah, so it's at untapped.com slash festival slash virtual. I was interested. I thought it was pretty cool, but I personally think it's a little too expensive for me. There's two tiers you can get. You can get the $15 one, which basically gets you nothing except for you're able to get into a, a live virtual panel. Um, and then the the, the real package, uh, which only ships to certain states. Virginia is actually one of them. So uh, you can get the beer shipped to you. I didn't think that was a thing, but apparently they figured out a way. Yeah, so that, that was what I was talking about last week, where beer, wine, and liquor shipments are now able to be done in the state of Virginia. Okay, cool. Got it. That makes sense. So with this one, it's 90 bucks for 11 beers. And to me, I just couldn't justify it. Well, hold on. So you get 11 beers, a $10 gift card to Untapped, you get a $10 gift card to Halftime, access to panels. I mean, it seems like a fair price. Yeah, I guess. I just couldn't. I couldn't justify it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Let's let's round it up, right? Let's say a twelve pack, right? Okay. So a twelve pack of like fancy craft beers is mm-hmm. gonna what forty fifty bucks? Singles to me are four to six bucks. When you start talking about eleven of them, forty to to fifty bucks doesn't seem out of the ballpark. Me, it's usually around two to three dollars for a twelve ounce bottle. If it's a bomber or something, maybe yes. Or if it's a limited release, maybe. When the virtual costs more than the actual, it doesn't really work for me. That's just my opinion. Sure. But I mean, to, to each their own. Maybe maybe uh, it's a really good time. I don't know. I've never done a virtual beer tour before. Here's the thing. You're going to end up, essentially, you pay $20 for their for their two panels. I don't know how these panels are going to be run. Are you just, are they just talking to you? Is it something you can... It's probably just like a webinar. Well, I don't know. If there's anyone here listening that has gone to the Untapped Festival or another online beer festival, maybe it's something we're missing out on. I don't know. Well, this is the first time it's virtual. I just don't know if the, if this will be a, a trend that we're seeing. We're seeing some conventions that are, you know, going a virtual route. Maybe beer, it's getting to be beer fest season, you know, maybe we'll see some more of this. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, head brewers and stuff on these panels. Could be cool. And you have a guided tasting, which is kind of cool. Maybe it is. It just seemed steep to me, but maybe I'm just cheap. I don't know. I think you're seeing the $90 for just beer. But when you take the price of you getting that beer separately, along with the other stuff you're getting, it's it's not that it's really not that bad. Not too bad. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Pinch your pennies for a week. And yep. then see how it um, goes. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to visit us at tablehopspodcast.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Or visit us on social media at Tablehouse Podcast. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and email us your feedback and questions to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. And 
And remember, good beers, good games, great great times. times!